Oh man, I'm trying to figure out what to watch, dude. Dude, this this movie place has like a million options. If only we had some help from a tape god just looking down on us. Oh! Tape god, is that you? Oh yeah, brother. Tape god, what should we watch? I'm gonna help you find that tape. From Party Fish Media, this, this is, is VH Quest. VH Quest. Welcome back to the Tapey Quest, where you will quest for the greatest tape. tape. <laughs> that, damn it. <laughs> did not rhyme. Welcome sure. back to another month. A VH Quest. Hello, welcome back. A request uh, for the best. VHS. Uh, <laughs> please subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, I don't even know if there is a way to do that, but just yeah. listen. Just listen. Just listen. Subscribe, yeah. listen, look it up. We're yeah. here, obviously, the last Tuesday of every month. Listen and let your ears take a vision of what to quest for. Yeah, that's my advice to you. Um, well, <laughs> Mike, what have you been watching? Um, this month, man, it's been crazy. Uh, what have I watched? I've been really diving in mainly to just, okay, so 80s flicks I've been, or, or basically late 80s, early 90s is like, that's me personally. That's my favorite time ever, um, for, for collecting and whatnot, but I ended up hitting some like early to mid 90s stuff pretty recently which i don't know why but it just it never really sits right with me it's such a weird time especially the 90s after 95 you start seeing a lot of like cg coming into play Mm -hmm. computer effects you know like what the fuck cutting edge yeah definitely cutting edge um and it looks like absolute amazing effects and every time i go back to them they just blow my mind it really is cutting edge any examples um, what, kind of, what kind of movies should uh, people listening right now be looking up on their phones okay well i'm not even going to go into the effects realm because really what i want to say is the 90s had an awkward vibe and uh i found a movie recently with anthony michael hall and robert downey jr who have worked together a lot especially in the 80s but because they were 80 stars, they had a lot of money and they were able to make movies like Hail Caesar, which might be one of the shittiest 80 movies. Yeah, I, it's really bad. It Wait, is, it, is that Coen Brothers movie? The No. Movie? Oh, okay. No, I never no, saw no, that no. movie, so I, I have yeah, no idea. Definitely not. No. no. Okay, this one's mind. like like that one was like nah. Like, this one's like, oh! Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. This one's like... Oh, this movie is so bad, but this it's one's so like good. A, it's like a... I don't know. I just want to say, like... Was that, like, that was, like, 82? Or is it just right in the I, I want to say it was, like, 90-something. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, oh, I'm totally yeah. Wrong. Definitely a 90s movie. And something about those 90 movies is, like, there still is, like, probably about as much coke involved. Um, but just, I don't know, like, I don't know what the, the feel was. Just always had this weird feel. Maybe it was because I was a child growing up in that time that, like, when I go back and watch this stuff, I, I just, it was like my gut starts to wrench, and I just feel so much weirder when I watch movies like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, if you get a chance to check it out, definitely just start with the trailer. Just, you know, decide if it's something you want to watch. But, um, yeah, the movie's called Hail Caesar. It's got Robert Downey Jr. and Anthony Michael Hall. All I have to say is that a lot of those 80s stars, I mean, whatever they're doing now, hopefully it's a little bit more, they've gotten their act together, but some of those early movies, when they had the money, ugh. Yeah. God. So you spent your money on that. Yeah. Like, a lot of money. I'm pretty sure Anthony Michael Hall, like, produ- like wrote, produced, directed, and starred. It was something like that, where you're like... They're Anytime save, that saving money on actors so they can have cutting edge 3D graphics. Yeah, man. Anytime that somebody produces, writes, directs, and stars in, then you're like, okay, you're in for one. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> this yeah. shit's gonna get wacky. Well, so. that's like so. There's a there's a 90s movie that I found recently that's also 
pretty familiar if you're a big tape collector, but there's the, the Faces of Death series. I found the first one on tape not too long ago. Um, and, you know, if you, if you don't know Faces of Death, it's one of the, it's a movie series where they have, like, real-life footage of, like, not... So it's not a Mondo film, but it's like real life footage of people dying, like like newscaster footage and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, kind of like snuff. It's like a yeah snuff. Yeah, thank yeah, you. like where they like, if, or like uh, like Campbell Holocaust. Like yeah, let's trick people into thinking. That. Well, no, but Faces of Death is like they have like news footage of like a person like actually dying. Like they have they didn't like kill anybody, but they took actual footage of like a person in the like an electric chair. That was like being like electrocuted. That's not in the first one though. That's in a different one. But there, there is a whole sure? thing. I thought that got debunked. I thought somebody was like, oh. was it? Oh, you're no, you're right. It, it was, it was half footage of someone going to the electric chair, and then half footage of like something that they created. Where but it was, still, like, the, yeah. all of those are I like, forgot. what the fuck? It's, like, they're so fucked up. Yeah, they're was, great though. They're yeah. Oh, it's awesome. so, it's so fucked up, but it's so, so cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is also fucked up. But it was like one of those movies that was on a VHS tape that was like in the back area of video stores. And had like a, a red band that said like banned in forty six countries. Yeah, and always like as a child, you're like, please, like that's something you'd steal as the a kid. unrated version. Like, well, that was a big thing is that people were stealing it. Yeah, um, it was just it's it's such a weird thing. But there's there's a, a handful of them. There's like five, I think. Maybe, yeah, maybe more. I think there's five. Um, something like that. And now that I have the first one, and my friend has the fifth one, but I want to find more like I want to find all of them gotta collect which, catch them all well so that was I had a question so I was thinking about this question earlier where when you find the first movie in a series like Faces of Death or Demons or Night, you know, Night of the Living Dead uh, just stuff like that do you like then go and actively search for oh, all the other films fuck yeah okay. always and the, the one that actually bugs me the most is Probably Death Wish because with Charles Bronson. Oh yeah, sure. Because like when I first started collecting, I was like, "Oh, these are hilarious," you know, like "Oh, fucking Bronson rules." But then I ended up buying it and then getting rid of it and then rebuying it and then I got rid of it all again. Like Death Wish one through five, got rid of one through five, bought one through five again, and then got rid of it a second time. And now I still own one through five, and I'm like, I'm never gonna get rid of these. You know, and I think a lot of people see that with, like, Home Alone. Like, they get rid yeah. of, like, Home Alone 1 or 2 because yeah. they're like, oh, I don't know if I need this. But then the holidays roll around and you're like, I don't have Home Alone. I want to watch Home Alone. What the fuck am I doing? You know, I had like, that with, like, Back to the Future where I had, like, all three. And then I was, when I was, like, clearing house, I was just like, oh, I don't need these. And then my friend, one of my friends, for some reason, we were, like, pretty stoned. And he was like, dude, do you want to watch Back to the Future? Because of, like, the reference in the office yeah. that we heard. And and I was just like, oh, yeah, I totally have that. And I was looking through, and I was like, how do I not have this? I went out to Goodwill a couple days later and then found them well, all. Well, yeah, and yeah. just bought them all. And it's usually with, I mean, it can be boiled down to, like, I mean, Faces of Death, obviously, is going to be a lot more difficult to find than Home Alone or Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. But once you have the first one, like you said, you know, you kind of got to catch them all. You've got to try to at least. Yeah, and you're kind of striving to find the rest of the tapes yeah. in the series. And I think for me what was kind of funny too is that so I, I was trying to get all the Matrix movies. So I had the Matrix and then I had the Matrix Revolutions, Revolution, and then I have the Animatrix and I have the Matrix Revisited, which is like the documentary about the Matrix that's on tape, which is yeah. a little harder to find. But I'm missing Matrix Reloaded. Which is out there. It's, I know. it's not. It's not but, that, but it's also like, goddamn, because it's weirdly like, it's it's just that, it's like collecting Lord of the Rings, like, Return of the King. Where the fuck is that tape? Like, that, I did it. Or, it did come out on tape. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I saw of, someone have it. I Return feel. of the King. Oh yeah. So they did the box set thing. So you can find Return of the King. I think what I meant to say is where's uh, episode, fucking what three of Star Wars. Yeah, that one's that a bitch one is, to find. That one dude. is hard. Yeah, because like Attack of the Clones, that's around, you know, and definitely yeah. Phantom Menace is fucking everywhere. Oh, you can find Phantom Menace. Everywhere. But like that, because well, episode three came out in what two thousand and six. Yeah, was, something like that. It was. So like it was. It was at the. So. Was at the the cusp of, of VHS tapes going. Yeah. Like going out. So this one's really hard yeah. to find. You I know what also is, What's also really hard to find. Mm-hmm. 
Cars. Cars. And we're looking for it. Give us as we've said. We're going to say this every episode until yeah. someone fucking emails it's us. Really like, getting, hey, I have a copy of Cars. It's really good. I'm going to donate it to the cause. Yeah, my blood right. is boiling. My oil is running low. I'm, for the I'm, love of God, send us your I'm cars. I'm about to break down on the side of the road. God. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, it's just funny how it's like these movies that are like, you know, like kind of basic film, not like basic film, but like just films that a lot of people have seen or films that you can find on DVD anywhere, just yeah. kind of films that are not rare or weird or hard, but then you still like, you try to find the whole series of something and then you get yeah. obsessed with finding it. Or oh, like absolutely. Because I feel like there's a thing, there's like an urge to have the complete set of something no matter yeah. what film it is. Especially if it's in a box. If Ooh. it's in a box. Everything's better in a box. Everything's better in a box. Everything's better in a box. Yeah, if you find that box and you're like, God damn. I was looking online today, actually, in my Uber over here, where um, the Godfather Part 1, 2, and 3 box set, like all three of them, yeah, is yeah. really hard to find. You can find each one individually pretty easily, but the box set of all three... If you have the whole box and everything, everything's better in a box. Yeah. <laughs> they can be kind of a bitch to find, yeah. Because they, they didn't... I think a lot of them, too, when they were getting, like, you know, like a something anniversary release, mm -hmm. and they would yeah. be getting a box, was also right when people were like, well, fuck that. I mean, I'll just get the box set on DVD. Yeah, it's going to look And good. you're like, I don't know. It's nah. a little more condensed, but as we all know, who gives a fuck, you know? Yeah. It's all about, uh, you know... Figuring out how to make it work in your space. And speaking about making it work in your space, today's episode is about somebody who's done that. And he's he's constantly gotten rid of stuff and recollected. But at this point, he's got a, he's got a mate. He's got one of the coolest... One of the coolest setups. His whole house, like the basement section is... It's like a video rental store. Yeah, it's like a video rental Basically, store, like a yeah. warehouse. It's just a shelves that are packed with VHS tapes. And he has like a whole wall of different TVs and VCRs and he plays things on all of them and loops everything. And you go upstairs and he has a huge, you know, four shelved bookshelf of all WWF, like uh, oh, yeah. WWF or, or ECW. He's got that um, shit on Yeah, he has a, a ton of them. Just more we were than listening I've to ever that, seen. Yeah, that whole episode. Yeah, we, yeah, we, did, we, did, we did the interview a little, a little bit ago and we were listening to, or watching and listening to one of the the WWF, or I think maybe ECW tape, um, which is kind of funny because it's wrestling on tape is just so much weirder and cooler because it really captures like the strange vibe of what wrestling was. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, and what's what's crazy is you know moving around with all those tapes is also one reason why you're clearing house. I mean, you've moved what four times in the past. Yeah, okay. Well, let's just talk about this God. shit, okay? Real quick. I'm in the process of moving people, and I'm losing my damn mind, because it is really just, like, it's gotten out of, out of control, man. I have, like, a treasure trunk that I want to say is, like, a fucking meter tall and, like, fucking meter and a half across. The, the thing weighs, like, a thousand pounds. It is fucking it, it it i want to say it actually weighs about three three to maybe th two or three hundred pounds this thing is just massive but the reason it weighs that much is because top to bottom it's just stacked full of tapes that's, i remember i was moving okay, with my so i've already moved once with my dad mom and dad and my dad was pissed because he was like what the fuck is going on you got a body in here and they opened it up and he was like oh my god like you it was almost worse than him finding a body. He just saw all these VHS tapes. He's like, people still collect these? This is trash. Like, I mean, to him, he probably would have just thrown that thing literally in the trash. But to me, it's it literally is like, it's a treasure chest, it's, you know? It's, it's my a, treasures. It's my treasures, it's my treasures, Dad. No, but the problem is, so I've got this giant thing I'm trying to lug around, right? But then next to it, just like, you know, the big, the bigger sized plastic bins... I've got five of those. Oh yeah, also oh, I full have of tons of my storage. Space. So it's just like Jesus Christ, man. So talking about moving, uh, I have sympathy for anyone who has to move hundreds or thousands of tapes. It's it really it's fucking worst. sucks. It gets really heavy. You know what? And also DVDs still very heavy. I moved 
just as many of those too. I've had to clear house almost every time I've moved, which sucks because it's hard to to figure out you know which ones you want to give away. It's hard to make that decision when like it's mm-hmm. they're your treasures, they're your babies, they're you know there's a reason why you're going out and collecting every day because it's. Like, these are what you cherish. Yeah, yeah. And it really got down to this point where it's like, I'll get rid of all my furniture. I'm going to get rid of a bunch of clothes. I'll get rid of everything I'm going to get rid of tons of stuff. And then it was a problem because, like, when my parents showed up, they're like, man, you got a lot of stuff. And I'm like, ah, I got rid of... You don't even know. I was like, I got rid of so much shit. And then they were like, oh, it's just tapes. (laughs) And then, like, a bed. (laughs) How are you going to live? Yeah. Are you going to build your house out of these, you fucking psycho? But you know what? It's all good. Because I still got my babies, and I didn't have to get rid of too many of them. And um, you know what? We're talking to somebody today who did get rid of a bunch of them, but now is back to just a beautiful collection. We're going to be talking to our good pal D today. And so, also known, Rewind Time, 1984. Rewind Time, 1984. I think this is his Instagram handle. He posts some really cool stuff. He's got some stuff for sale. He posts some cool stuff. He's uh, he's a good... Way cool than anything we can find. He's a good D for dude. Um, So, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, We'll be right back uh, with D. Yeah. Welcome back to VH Quest, y'all. We're watching wrestling here with our friend D. Nice, solid wrestling match in the background. D, thank you so much for uh, coming and letting us talk to you for a little bit. No problem. Yeah, I'm stoked on tape, so. Yeah, as you can tell. So, for the listeners out there, we're basically surrounded by walls of tapes. Uh, it's pretty fucking great. Downstairs, you have like a warehouse basically full of tapes and collectibles and stuff. I think this might be, just from people's collections that I've seen, this might be one of the best that I've been in the presence of. It's pretty dope. It's pretty cool and easy, though, you know, as long as you just keep getting tapes that you like, you'll fill up rooms (laughs) in no time, because there's enough weird shit out there that you could be fed for life, so. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, so we're here in Spokane, Washington. Uh, We did a little traveling to get some of these interviews, and uh, sitting down here with Dee, just... Tell us a little bit about yourself, just to start off. Uh, I moved here from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, about six years ago. And when I was there, you know, I always would be thrift storing and scoring cool shit and finding the weirdest tapes I could find and forcing all my roommates to watch them (laughs) mercilessly. But we had a sweet projector and, like, stadium-seated couches, so it was a... It was an experience, at least. It wasn't just like watching something on a 12-inch TV. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So sometimes even the worst of the worst can be kind of better in that situation. And I think when I moved, I probably sold around around 1,500 tapes, just purging my collection Damn, to like cut the cut the weight. You had 1,500 more of what I'm looking at here? No, this, oh, okay. a, a lot of this is reacquisition. In the yeah. six gotcha. years I've been here, okay. I just found it all again and added it right back in. But I'm not going to move that shit across the country. No. Yeah, I mean, sure. some God, people no. would. I, sa- I saved probably like 80 tapes out of the whole collection. Cream of the crop. Yeah, and just cream I, of the crop. Can you I list off on. a couple? Um, I saved like my Monster Squad, of course. Uh, to live and die in LA, you know, the ones that I can't live without. It's not, not usually a lot of the rare, like, horror stuff. I'm kind of a all-over collector. I like hood flicks, and I like comedies, and I just like rehashing all the crap I, like, fed my brain when I was a kid. So. Yeah, just finding, like, especially finding, like, the weird shit. That it's like, like that. What the fuck? The rape on <laughs> tape stuff is just kind of, like... You know, way out on the fringe for me. I'm not really like all about that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I'll watch yeah. anything once. <laughs> sure, that's <Yeah>. for sure. 
When you were before before you moved here, when you were living with like your roommates and stuff, did you um, did you find like one specific tape that? I mean, what was I, I guess the question is like, what was like the the VHS tape that you found that really triggered your like? Shit, man, I got to start buying more of these. Like, well, I think it was just like a habit I always had since I was a kid, because my old man fixed TVs and VCRs and stuff like that, so he'd always just give me his extras so i i had that stuff in my room by the time i was like eight i had two vcrs recording stuff off tv like all the time i used to have hundreds of blank tapes as a kid even because like what do you do when your family kind of sucks you check out and go like live in a different world and that's what i was working on so yeah uh but i guess like i never stopped getting them was the thing and i never felt the need to upgrade or like I'm going to get rid of all this and then buy it all again on DVD or any of that crap. Plus, I like the freedom that tapes give you to record and pass things around because... Yeah, man. You you can't do that anymore. You can't even download stuff illegally on the internet so much anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking about that. Like, all the piracy sites are basically down now. Like, I... Like I just kind of gave up on trying to download shit. I've been right. buying, I've been buying rips of stuff from my friends on tape. And speaking of that, I was because you guys were talking earlier. I saw a copy of a uh, Turbo Boy, right? Turbo Kid. Turbo yeah. Kid, and uh, and so you do like uh, bootleg stuff too. If I feel like I need it in my collection, I will make it happen. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of how I look at it. Like, that's the true collector. Right? You know, like. I wanted Turbo Kid, and it's an awesome movie, and it's 2015, and I mean, I rarely see anything new anyway, so when I get a good recommendation and I really like it, I lock that shit up on a VHS, and then it's mine forever. It's yeah. like the Pokemon yeah. <laughs> style. Yeah. <laughs> you, got, you gotta collect them yeah, all. Yeah, gotta, gotta catch, catch them, them all. all. Shit. Uh, I got like Super Troopers too, you know. Or if it's at oh, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's at the Red Box, I have a unique enough setup to just be like, okay, that's mine. I don't care. I'll rent it still and then record it, and I got it on tape for me. Yeah. So besides ripping them for yourself, do you also kind of like distribute and like? Is there like a network of people that you kind of speak with? And I was. Talk with and- you know, after like a certain time, I had like a financial issues and I started selling a lot of my collection, my toys and some tapes and just trying to make make some dough on the side. And uh, in that time, I started selling things on Instagram and eBay and I kind of built a following there. So then I would, I knew people needed this stuff. Like I made a bunch of video violence, like knockoffs. And I put them up on Instagram, and I sold them for a reasonable price, and I did that with, like, a cool custom they live, and the Prowler, and movies that aren't easy to source. And sometimes you just want to watch the damn thing. Do you really want to pay 150 bucks to, like, regret two hours of your life? Like, it's not really how I want to do it. Right. And, And we were talking about that, like, covers can really be deceiving. Yeah, exactly. That's the greatest thing about VHS tapes is you can't ever judge a book by its cover because no. <laughs> what's on the inside might not even have the people that are on the outside. It's it's crazy. But I mean, they used to just make so much stuff to to be like rental bait. Right. Oh you yeah. Know, I was just showing him the other day I found this movie that's like the exact same box style, font style, photograph. There's like a girl in a pink dress with a dog on oh, it. It's like man. Yeah. Uh, something about Mary, like <laughs> carbon copy to sit right next to it on the shelf. And it's called like some, like, so what's wrong with Cherry? Like, <laughs> not really. God, like they did not even try very hard, but it's sitting on the shelf and you know somebody's like, I think this is the one that my grandkid wanted. Like, yeah. whatever. Is this the movie with Glenn Stiller? <laughs> Glenn, Glenn Stiller. Stiller. Yeah. Christ. Fuck, man. No, it's it was so funny just because it, it really is. Like, I found a few tapes where it's like they just recycle the same. It's like a formula, you know? They know that somebody's going to get sucked into it because, oh, I watched that movie with with Ben Stiller. I'll watch this, this one with Glenn Stiller because... Right. There's like Point Break and Point Blank. And they, like, both have the same fonts and all these other <laughs> things. It's pretty interesting what they used to do back in the day. But I feel like uh, cats, these are cat meowing in the background. They've been, like, a cat meowing on every episode that we've recorded <laughs> so far. VH Quest brought to you by Purina Cat Chow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know if you mentioned exactly earlier, but what 
how long have you been collecting for? Because we asked like when, when when did you start, but what was like your what was your very first? I guess like my modest like 300 tape collection was probably like 2002. Okay. And I ended up like going but, traveling shortly after that, and I had to mm -hmm. split it all up and had it in multiple people's basements, and some people took stuff and. Well, you know, and then you get it back, and then you just keep adding to it because, yep, why it's not? E it's easy to to collect VHS because they well they used to be everywhere. Now it's getting a little bit more difficult. Yeah, it is, man. And that's why we talk to people on this podcast about questing for stuff because it's like, you know, we gotta it. It's I think we were talking about this the other day. You gotta spread the virus. Yeah. You know, like, like when you find something crazy, you have to show it to people because uh, you never know what you're gonna find. Especially with those, uh, those, like we were saying, you can't judge a book by its cover. But sometimes you find that cover that's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you watch it, and it blows your mind wide open. Yeah. I even love. I like watching like religious propaganda stuff and yeah. like weird, <laughs> yeah. demented kid shows that are borderline satanic even without having to like edit them it's insane <laughs> you're just like what are they what were we watching back then you know like it's also a different way that like a lot of people were creative because to make a video you didn't need a big production company or a huge release company behind you to make it if you wanted it to go everywhere yeah you had to feed it some money but a lot of people made tapes and they're like regional re release only like you'll only find stuff from seattle area or up here and you'll only find shit from wisconsin back in milwaukee and it's it's crazy the stuff like never left mm -hmm. but you do have to to kind of develop a technique to get more tapes because like i came from a larger city where you know, a lot of the good stuff was already picked over. Any yeah. video stores that used to exist, they were gone. There was always an awesome place called River West Film and Video, though. And those dudes, I mean, they used to make me bootlegs of, like, uh, a better... God, what is the movie? I can't think of it now. It's right behind me. Hang on. Uh, As yeah. he reveals. John, John, Woo, John Woo's A Better Tomorrow. It was like an awesome action kung fu movie that I watched back in the day, and I had to have it, and they hooked it up, and that was the same place that, you know, I got my original Coven VHS, but I don't have it anymore, which breaks my heart, because I used to have a Coven from Milwaukee, Oh fuck! you know, at Riverwest Film Video, Mark Borcher used to go there all the time, and that's who they work with directly, and it was just funny to have all those, like, tales of local stuff, and I found a lot of cool local stuff here in Spokane, too. Yeah, man. Like you just revealed a solid amount of tapes behind you that I did not know were there. Some like solid WWE paper, like pay per view, like an Andre the Giant that looks up, dope. Up here in the in the creme de la creme, there is no E in my WWE. No, oh yeah, it's <laughs> WWF. Yeah, it's yeah. only WWF. Yeah, I have a certain cutoff time. Yeah, sure, but I primarily love ECW wrestling. That was my shit. Back Fuck yeah. Do you? find it that there are different tapes or like um like in the midwest do you find that there is a certain kind of tape or genre that you find that's different than out here in pnw or like like uh, i don't really know how, like exactly how to phrase that but um i'd say maybe a little bit because like i said i love like watching hood flicks and where i was at in milwaukee you know in the rental section there was a huge urban selection because there's a lot of like you know diversity in that city to a point it's really divided but it's there at least you know out here there's not really a market for urban movies but you'll find a shitload of lonesome dove and john wayne and all yeah, this other fuck. western stuff that i would never see in the midwest if you could mm -hmm. <laughs> you could never find that stuff yeah, yeah nobody cares there about the wild west business but um well talking about spokane um i want to segue into uh the movie that you found, um, uh, which was the, uh, what was it? The ghosting? The ghosting, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So you found a, a, a film. I, I want you to tell our, our viewers a little bit about kind of the backstory of how you got to find it. And, and I was uh, working at an arcade in town called the Jedi Alliance, and a person came in there, and they kind of were talking about this interesting story that they had heard about. 
about a movie called The Ghost Dame and how uh, a fire had kind of like taken out the location that they shot it and where all of it was being stored. Every prop, piece of scenery, set design, camera equipment, editing equipment. I mean, lots and lots of stuff was in this building when it went on, when it got burned down. And I couldn't believe that nobody was trying to get in there and save some of that stuff because there were 35 millimeter prints of films from the 50s and 60s, reels and reels of them. You know, I I went there because I'm a film junkie and I'll go preserve that stuff. I I can't fathom why people would be so ready to just let it go. I guess I figure more people locally, even if it's a bad movie. In an act to like preserve it should have been there to like dig it out and be yeah. like, yeah, we're gonna help this guy because he blew all his money on a movie that flopped so hard, but yeah, his heart is in that tape, you know. Like it's it's interesting, but when they demolished the building, there were somewhere around like five thousand VHS copies inside. No way. Um, a full theater screening room and a lot of stuff that the uh, the owner Walt Hefner in his making of the movie and releasing it, you know, acquired and started storing it in there. But he also used to own a drive-in locally called the Starlight. And when he sold it, uh, he took a lot of his memorabilia and collectibles. And he had posters in there from the 50s and reels and so much incredible stuff that I just had to look at through boards upon boards in an unreachable, like, depth. Yeah, you were telling me you had to, like, like... You almost got crushed inside that building? Yeah, I was pulling tapes out from the wreckage, and I was doing it all by myself, and it's like 4 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday, and I'm wearing, like, fake construction gear, and I just, like, hop the fence, and I'm like, I'm in here, fuck you guys, like, this shit ain't gonna go down yet. Because I know people are act pretty quick on, like, demolishing things now, so that homeless people can't get in there, whatever. And the snow was starting to fall, and rain was coming, so I was like super scared that all this stuff was going to be moldy by the time I could get to it anyways. But I was like propping up pieces of the roof that were like probably 200 pounds. Fuck. And I was like, you know, I was digging head first, like into a hole that that roof was like covering. And the piece that I propped it up with fell. And I thought I was going to get like pinned in this church that burned down with a crazy bad movie in it i'm like man he died as he lived digging through piles of tapes and garbage (laughs) that is the that is a real quest right that is like i don't know anybody else who's gone that far just to find a tape and i love that i mean i got the heart for it that's for sure yeah that's dumpster diving broke kid living like ate up in a in a house way back in Milwaukee, like, we made it work. We used to go to Half Price Books on one side of town and dig in their dumpster and pull all their vinyl and all their VHS tapes, and then we'd drive to the other Half Price Books, sell it all back to them, use that money to get cool tapes and vinyl and, like, books and shit, and then, because it was usually in-store credit, you'd get more. And then we go in their dumpster and then go back to the other one and do the same damn thing. And, like, I was... <laughs> I was telling graves i'm like man i'm pretty sure i sold paulie shore in the army now back and forth to half price books <laughs> for like four years straight man I'm like i'm sure it was the same one they just threw away that i brought in but <laughs> man paulie shore movies were on tap in the midwest that's all i know <laughs> that's unbel- that unbelievable oh my god straight oh, up yeah. just like you just gotta <laughs> do what you gotta do yeah fuck yeah man <laughs> Fuck. Fucking hustling. Uh, okay, so you make your own films. You're, um, you've made films with, with other people and stuff, like um, when you were living over yeah. Milwaukee. And, like, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about, like, what what type of, types of films you were doing with your homies. And It was basically, like, just experimenting what it would take to make a film, you know, learning a lot of that. I was pretty much the only one invested in it, so a lot of people were you know, fair weather associates in it. Nobody else helped me edit it. Nobody else helped me cut anything. I was doing all the filming. I would be like a bad guy in a luchador mask. And then I would also be like hanging out of the car, getting like the rest of the shot. And 
a lot of homies would lend like their cars for the the scenes and stuff, but they were stoked on that because they're like, yeah, my car's going to be in a movie, even though it was a bad movie and they pretty much never wanted to watch it again. But uh, mostly action stuff. I always wanted to make like a really suspenseful action thriller, like oh, Heat yeah. and Michael Mann movies, like To Live and Die in L.A. and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Man, that shit rules my world. I love like a Fuck, crazy, yeah, murderous crime cop drama, <laughs> especially where the bad guys win. Yeah. Uh, what What's your favorite genre? Um, probably like future wasteland, cyberpunk, crazy, you know, like distant future 1998, like Turbo Kid to a T, maybe like more sci-fi than that, but that kind of stuff. <laughs> I love it. After the Fall of New York and Mad Max and Hardware and those kinds of movies. Oh, were, I love Hardware. Like, that... Because it's like the society I see myself like prospering the most in. Because I Dude. am I am the junk lord. Like I love like doing that stuff. I would make a hand out of some crazy robot parts if I was able to. Like if Fuck I had yeah. the time. And I don't know. That's like the kind of world I'm just like. Man, can the bomb drop already so I can live like that? Yeah. Start building my tire suit now. Bye. <laughs> Um, I well, when we were talking about how you make your own films, can you tell the viewers a little bit about um, the uh, the time you got pulled over? Because I just find that <laughs> fucking hilarious, man. man. In high school, we were making a horror movie with my friend Angel Gomez, and it was uh, it was all right. It was just a zombie flick, you know. But we were killing people in the high school parking lot that night, and running people over and melons and all kinds of stuff and just it was a bloody mess we had zombie zombies getting hit by her car and it was a white car and it'd be like bloody <laughs> handprints all over and all that jazz um so anyways we pack up and we're starting to head back and this is like a super suburban community where they don't like anything out of the ordinary and here we are like driving down the road in a white I think it's like a Pontiac Sunbird or something. And it has big bloody handprints all over it. And it's kind of fucked up on the back end. And it, I mean, it didn't look good. And all of a sudden we're getting pulled over on the highway. And I'm like, oh shit. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> and she's like, oh man, I'm freaking out. So, the cops, they don't knock or anything. They come up with their guns drawn. And they're like, out of the vehicle right now. <laughs> no way oh yeah just like straight up oh just yeah like, well you gotta expect the worst I guess yeah, yeah if you're yeah, looking at it from so. their point just of like view. fucking shaking in fear yeah they were like oh my god how do we proceed with this it's just like we always read about in school and uh and anyways cop she, training didn't prepare yeah. me for this she she kept trying to reassure them that we were filming a movie and all this other stuff and all the props were in the back of the trunk and the the, if she could open the trunk, that we'd explain it all, and and she's like, but I gotta use a screwdriver to open the trunk because the trunk's broken. <laughs> and uh, so she puts a screwdriver in and opens it up, and all the fake blood and all the garbage bags with like melons and body parts and everything had spilled all over the trunk, and it's like covered in. It looks like just a pool a of bloodbath. <laughs> It looks like there's four people, but 30% of them all in one vehicle. <laughs> and so they're really losing it, but eventually they got the drift and we were on our way. They, they, they figured it out. I mean, after footage was shown, you know, yeah. that was pretty much the deciding. There's like some factor. rookie just vomiting on the side of the freeway. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna need a mop! <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was definitely an experience to never live down. That sounds awful. <laughs> um, Christ, where, uh, so, so, I mean, we're, we're in Spokane, we're, we're in Washington right now. Um, we were talking earlier about how, like, Goodwill and Value Village don't really have much stuff anymore. Yeah, they, like, almost stopped. Yeah, so where in Washington, like, I guess, for people who live in Washington who want to know how to find tapes... Where where do you go? What what are some 
tips or what are some places that you can tell listeners about where you can find tapes and where you can go hunt? I think I think yard sales are probably your best bet. Yard sales and estate sales and, you know, maybe just looking on Craigslist, I wouldn't... I don't necessarily like reach out to people because I already have too many tapes and I don't want someone to be like, Hey, you want to buy like my whole grandpa's collection? Because then I'll be sitting on like a throne of Lonesome Dove and John Wayne and all this <laughs> other stuff I don't really want. So I don't know. I, I try and get it one piece at a time or if, you know, the deal's too good to be true, but there should be like a swap out here now with the availability really declining it has a lot to do, you know, now it's about the community reaching out to itself. I mean, mm-hmm. like, okay, all the collectors already have all the tapes and there's none left to buy. Like, we yeah. got to have some sort of get-together where right. we can exchange our material and things like that. Because you get sick of stuff after a while or its importance and relevance in your collection that was once pinnacle is now, like minuscule and you're like why do i need tremors for like i don't know right and it is like yeah with the whole community like uh you're saying like trading and stuff too it's awesome like if you've seen something and you know somebody really wants it you know trade something for something else you know something that they can recommend that's in the same vein i definitely prefer trading and like we had talked earlier earlier about like me making custom releases and stuff and i kind of stopped selling them after a while because i noticed the trend of people uh, taking what I had given them for a reasonable price or, you know, traded them, they end up, like, putting it on eBay and trying to get, like, a big, like, windfall on it and stuff like that. And it's, like, that's not the kind of, like, return I want to get in the tape community. I don't want people trying to inflate values of things because of their scarcity. It should be about, like, the enjoyment. And yeah. I get that things are hard to find and all yada yada, but... People take for granted too much their ability to flip something for more money now. and mm-hmm. It shouldn't yeah. be about that. But, you know, some people have to go that route, and that's their deal. I'm more about, like, the love of it. If you love something too much, you, you have a hard time selling it. You'd rather trade it to somebody who, like, deserves it. And they're like, oh, my God, I've been looking for this for 12 years. You're yeah. like, then you're the one that needs to have this. Yeah. So... I mean, I get paying good money for hard-to-find stuff, but I also don't, like, recommend or refer people to go that route. You hold out, you'll find it. Mm-hmm. I got lucky a bunch, and then I also have, like, a decent job, so sometimes I'm just like, i got to scratch the itch. This is the tape I want, and I've worked my ass off for the money to exchange for it, so there it is. And it happens, you know. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like... Tape swaps are really uh, important to to have and to host and to be a part of, and that's I mean that's the way that I find my best movies is by bringing some of the stuff that is old to me, but you know might be brand new to somebody else, and then swapping it like push push pull in Seattle, and then I find some of my like greatest things that I have. Like my cream of the crop comes from swapping tapes with people like Taylor, who we interviewed on our first episode, and yeah. people in Seattle that just have strange collections, and people who are trying to just come up with I mean what you, with what you have here. Like this is gnarly. It's, you got some it's, gnarly tapes, and I'm loving even, it. It's even someone who's seen the film so many fucking times mm-hmm. that they they end up picking it up because they know it's good and then when it comes time to swap you know you're looking at a lightly curated already like yeah something that you, you know you're gonna want to pick up yeah so. and i mean there, there's no there's no replacement for hand selected recommendations something that the video store <laughs> was like deep rooted in and like staff netflix picks. Yeah. cannot even come close fuck it can try and predict and read your fucking brain and listen to your conversations and tell you what you want to watch but it can't recommend you something that you never expected you know and that's why i don't i don't have netflix i don't watch any of that shit i don't have wi-fi in my house i keep it old school because i don't i don't need that sort of like mental prediction in my life i like it as random as it is right now Hell yeah. Go refer somebody else. Yeah. (laughs) I love that, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, Netflix algorithms can't beat finding somebody that has a hand-picked collection 
or like staff picks back at, at video right. stores and stuff, yeah. managers picks, things that you, you know, because it's the people that know exactly, they're, they're just like you in the same wavelength, you know, and you're like, well, this person's going to have some really amazing suggestions for me, and it's the only way that I can find new stuff. Like, ne like Netflix being like, recommended for you. It's like the same seven movies all the time, and I'm like, I don't even watch this. Well, because yeah. they, you know, they almost, they act like, oh, you don't have to watch it, and we don't really advertise, but they push their original content way harder than they push anything yeah. else, because oh, that's yeah. what they make the most money on. Oh, them. yeah. And anything else is going to be pretty run-of-the-mill, like classics, you know? like Right. When, yeah. like, when in reality, it's like, the randomness, like you were saying, like, you might, you might find some fucking blank recording and be like what is slime monsters from planet ooze and it could be like the coolest shit you've ever seen you exactly yeah. <laughs> whoa cherry the king waller just hit tommy dreamer with a cheeseburger patty <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty fun <laughs> but yeah i i feel that for sure because you know in the video store kind of era like people there was one dude there who was like super knowledgeable about all the horror movie and he would be the guy who would pass you the video violence and be like, don't forget to watch this one because you'll laugh your ass off because it's bad, like real bad, but real good. And there'd be the person that knew all the rom-com shit and they'd be like, oh, get this one for your girlfriend because it's a, you're a shoe in you know, like. People had their own veins, just like I like my future war shit, and people like horror movies, or mm -hmm. you like sci-fi, or whatever. You have something in your mind that I have never come across that I don't know, I've never seen it. Just exchanging those words is enough to, like, spread more of the virus. Yeah. Like it's saying. <laughs> and that's, like, that's part of why we do this podcast. It's just about bringing, bringing people who collect weird shit together. To talk about their favorite mm -hmm. of the weird shit. Definitely. Because as much as this is us talking about people that go out and are collectors and are constant seekers of tapes, it's also like me and Mike want to know where to do, like where to get stuff. Like me or and Mike, we, also, like we're trying to yeah. do the same kind of quest as well. Yeah. Or just find, yeah, find hearing about something yeah, where it's yeah. like, well, I guess I need to watch that now. Like I guess, I, yeah, yeah. I found more tapes since starting doing this podcast, and I've had more energy to go out and find stuff too, yeah. and more recommendations from people. Just from talking to everybody, well, that's the thing. Great. I mean, yeah, like sometimes you don't even have to go find it. I mean, th there is the internet. You you might be able to watch it like online. You know, it, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. just about you know. Sometimes it's just about seeing it and, so, and yeah, wanting to movie. know. Yeah, and if it is really that good, and you do find it online, then you then you go, it. you seek it on tape. Yeah, <laughs> it's, for sure. it's all mostly just like a perseverance test to see how good your mental recording skills are. Yeah. Like, yeah. Can you remember all the words to every title of these movies <laughs> in your brain at the same time? <laughs> um, well, that brings us kind of to our our question that we always ask yeah. every single person, which is... Uh... All right, this is going to be... It's always a pain in the ass for every guest on this, this We should have prompted you before the interview yeah. to think of this, but we didn't. Uh, what is your golden, golden tape? tape? Your golden tape. Your yeah. cream de crop. Like, the yeah. the like, tape. The like, tape. Like the one that I the have one. or don't have. Um... Well, let's go with have first. Yeah, yeah. And why not tell tell the listeners the one that you don't have? Um, I guess the one I don't have is everyone, I guess. So, I don't know. <laughs> but I guess probably one of my favorite things in my collection, I have uh, original recorded off Madison Square Garden 1994 TV broadcasts of Extreme Championship Wrestling. Like the dawn of the Extreme Era, and it's... It's like a moment in time that I I love knowing that it's locked safely in my collection mm -hmm. because I was huge into wrestling as a kid. I mean, it just goes to prove I've always been on the outskirts of the social norms, I guess. Because <laughs> when you're a wrestling fan and you're a kid in high school, it's not that it's not that awesome sometimes. <laughs> but. You know why you like it, and you have, like, that love and affinity for it, and you go on, like, quests, and back in the day, to get that kind of stuff, you used to have to trade tapes. Like, meet someone on an AOL message board about wrestling, and you, like, fucking have to go through so much garbage to meet someone 
who has the source material and you're like, I got these mediocre pay-per-views to trade you and I'll send it to you and, you know, then you get hit with the fakes and then you get hit with the real people and then you get hit with the real people who send you bad tapes anyways and it's, you know, that was a weird time in my life but I was, you know, you're like just getting into the internet, you're just getting into like the late 90s there's like a lot to be said about that time and the transformation of how people communicated and got together but you know i traded for some awesome shit and i'll never ever like live those days down because that's like how i learned about tape trading and like getting on that vibe where like if you got something i want and you have and i have something you want let's make it happen because then we don't have to sit around pining and dreaming about this thing forever we can watch it get it over with shit and get off the pot you know yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i love having those tapes because it's like a pivotal moment in the history of wrestling and all that kind of stuff at least for me and yeah and for just yourself too yeah i don't know yeah whatever you can hold on to yeah well awesome hey thank you so much for sitting down and talking with us this has been really awesome I fucking love your collection cat wants I love your cat yeah it's like I didn't even get a word (laughs) I want my minute yeah thank you so much his favorite tape is video catnip one (laughs) right on D well thanks for coming on to VH Quest man no sweat I'm always on the quest (laughs) you heard it from you heard it from the the mouth directly always on the quest all right, video freaks, thank you so much for listening to VH Quest, brought to you by Seattle's first podcast network, Partyfish Media. Yo, our theme music is done by Will Paulson. Our logo is done by Chris Holzheiser. You can find us on Instagram, as always, at VH Quest Pod. Or on Facebook, almost definitely at VH Quest Pod. Or shoot us an email constantly at vhquestpod at gmail.com. And make sure to send us those dope reviews, yo. We're trying to figure out other movies to watch so if anything you know what you got and you you need to share it let us know what you found where you've been what you're doing make our job easier here we want to know the movies that you're questing for and because you're doing that we have to say as always keep keep on questing. questing Yeah.